Hi, this is Mo Abdelbeck, and this is episode 13 of my podcast. Welcome to Out of Mo's Mind. Um, this one is about being a yo-yo man, something I was for quite some time. Let's jump right in, shall we? Now, those of you who know me, or may have heard of me or whatever, I was known as Mighty Mo the Yo-Yo Pro for a long time. Well, that didn't start out the way it was supposed to be. Well, I guess that was incorrect. I guess that wasn't how, it's. it never thought of that to be that way. Um... First of all, I didn't choose the name, but we'll get to that in just a second. Yo-yos were very, very important to me. Now, those who went to high school with me or grade school with me will remember that I almost always had a yo-yo in my pocket, unless, of course, it got taken away and I couldn't afford to buy another one because they got taken away all the time. It seemed like I never learned. It seemed like I just didn't get it, that if you took a yo-yo to school, yo-yo will be taken away with great malice oftentimes. Or if the string broke and flew through something, hopefully not breaking it, but, you know, things do happen, then it was too dangerous to retrieve, said Yo-Yo. So it ended up uh, in a garbage can or in a teacher's desk or, you know, perhaps even at home of someone else's house. God, I just got really sad. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Um... Yo-yos were really something. They were a huge hit back in the 20s, late 20s, and then into the 30s, and the 40s, and the 50s, and the 60s, and then things kind of fell out of it. Um, a fellow by the name of Donald F. Duncan was, this is the, the story anyway, was at a, um, a motel, hotel actually, in Santa Monica, back about 1929 or so, no, 1938, I'm getting old. But still plays with yo-yos. Um, and he met a, a Filipino uh, fellow who's a bellhop who made yo-yos and then carved, uh, you know, palm trees on them. His name was Pedro Flores. So Duncan was fascinated with it. Now, Donald Duncan, by the way, was an entrepreneur. He was a smart, smart guy. And um, he was also the man who saw the potential for parking meters. So he bought up the patent on that, from what I heard, and um, the first parking meters were in Oklahoma City, and that was because of Donald Duncan. Uh, also, the screen that we used to watch movies on, the silver screen, he's the fella who convinced people that the silver in the silver screen was worth happening, happening, having. So he was a he was he knew it the good thing when he saw it. So um, he bought the rights to the yo-yo. I guess they went into business together, but the long story shortened is it became a huge, huge hit. And they ended up making them out of uh, rock maple, and uh, they were made up in Wisconsin, Baraboo, Wisconsin. And they were iconic, absolutely iconic, with huge rushes of interest from time to time. And uh, eventually, um, I became introduced to them in the late 50s. And they had these really cool Duncan Yo-Yo Pros. Now, there were other yo-yos. There was the Cheerio Company. They were from um, um, Canada, you know. Cheerio, right? 
And I have always thought maybe the cereal was named after them. You know, who knows? Uh, but there was a, a patent on the name Yo-Yo, a trademark on Yo-Yo, like Kleenex used to be a trademark. I think it kind of still is. But uh, so there were the Yo-Yo wars of the um, of the Depression where these guys would stake out territories and, you know, try and sell Yo-Yos on street corners. It was really a huge, wonderful, interesting thing because once you get a Yo-Yo into the hand of a kid, it, it's going to cause some excitement because it does some really cool stuff. So I was introduced in the late 50s. There were guys like Gus Samara and Barney Akers and um, Skeeter BB and, you know, the, these people who were kind of iconic at the time and had been around for a while. They'd been around doing it for a while. So um, kind of needed one. I finally got one when I was about five years old. I think my parents were wise to say nope. And the first one I got was a Dunkin' Imperial. It was kind of blue and marbled. Um Kind of a nice yo-yo, blue or gray, kind of. I don't know. And it, the you know, the imperial was the uh, the top of the heap, and it had a metal axle, whereas some of the other ones had wooden axles. Now those old wooden axle yo-yos are worth a fortune today, just a fortune. If you have some, uh, some of them not so much. But so um, I, my dad taught me a few things. He taught me how to throw a yo-yo the way he'd learned, which was, in fact, incorrect. And eventually, I needed to almost have surgery on my hand because I was throwing it improperly some, oh, let's see, 30 years later or so, right around there. So um, anyway, I was fascinated, and I wanted to learn all the tricks. And they'd show a few tricks on TV like, you know, here's Barney Akers doing Walk the Moon Dog. And uh, men on the flying trapeze, and and that trick bothered me for years. So, I loved yo-yoing as a kid, and so did a lot of other kids. So eventually, um, I grew up. <laughs> I grew up, but I still wanted to. I, I actually, let me be honest. I don't know that I've grown up yet, but uh, uh, it's a it's a good story, and I will stick for it. Uh, stick for it. Stick uh, with it at this time. Yep, come around later. We'll have a talk about um, back in the days when the yo-yo men used to wander the streets uh, looking for kids to sell their yo-yos to so they could make a buck. You know? I don't know where that came from. So, anyway, um, <laughs> I really thought to myself, I would like to be a yo-yo man. And even though there were no longer any yo-yo men, and, I, and all my friends knew it because I would talk about it. I'd say, you know, I really want to be a yo-yo man someday. So one day, this was after I was married and uh, um, already had a kid. And one day a friend of mine called up and said, hey, Mo, um, my wife found this ad in uh, the Denver Post. And it was someone looking for a business, business opportunity uh, for yo-yo marketing would you be interested and it was like oh my god yes yes i'd be interested so i i took the number and called them the next day and it was a lady from duncan yo-yos <laughs> and they were um kind of reviving the yo-yo movement they actually had someone had written a song um a disco song at their behest and they were have people playing with yo-yos in discos this turned out badly imagine why um remember the song walk the dog the old rock and roll song that's about yo-yoing listen to the words you know it's about playing uh, playing with the yo-yo 
So, um, interestingly enough, the the thing with the discos did not work out in the long run. Uh, I don't know if they were sued or not, but uh, they hired me. I went and met a lady and saw her doing a yo-yo program, and I showed up in a three-piece suit, and everyone kind of looked at me like, what's wrong with him? Um, she was much less formal, and I was as excited as I could be, and she hired me and said, okay, uh, what you'll do is you'll want to call up certain schools and do programs in those schools. And I, I really kind of thought, wait a minute, I don't know if I feel real good about this um, because I'm taking these things into schools and it, it causes a fad because I'd been part of that. Um, but what the heck, I'm going to give a free program to kids. So I said, okay, and all was well. And she said, can you do basic tricks? And I could do more than basic, but there are still a few tricks that evaded me. Um, one being the man on the flying trapeze, which is uh, a cool trick. Uh, that's actually the, the drawing I created for this podcast. Uh, this episode is me doing that. Uh, I finally got it one day. Um, and for those of you out there wondering what the secret is, it's the tip of the finger. And that's I'll just leave it at that. Um, and I was so excited. I called a friend of mine at one in the morning. I was an idiot, but, uh, and said, Hey, Hey, I got this trick. He was like, Oh my God, what is wrong with you? Why are you my friend? You know, a few days later, about a week later in the mail, I got boxes of yo-yos, boxes and boxes of yo-yos from Duncan Yo-Yo to give away. They were cool. I hadn't seen any of these. There were still the standard ones, you know, and it was just, oh, what a joy that was for me. So I did that for a while. I did a bunch of schools, had a good time doing it, had a nice little routine that I threw together, even did the atom bomb, which was a, a trick that was renamed. As a matter of fact, there were a lot of tricks that because of the change in the social atmosphere, they changed the names of them. One of the most obvious was called the Atom Bomb, which was uh, created by a fellow I came to know relatively well named Dale Oliver, uh, probably one of the best players in the world. Um, just remarkable. He had been a yo-yo man back, um, I, I don't know what era, but he had actually moved to Mexico to set up a yo-yo plant, and he was really quite a guy, very intelligent. He could work a spinning top or well, much more skilled than I was, but he was one of the biggies I met. I met um, Dennis McBride, who was a huge yo-yo guy, um, as far as being famous. I met some others, Tommy McCoy, was a famous one, um, and I was really, he actually stayed at my house when he was doing a Denver campaign, um, and uh, met some others, you know, some who weren't famous then, but are famous now, I'll talk about that in just a minute. So I began doing these programs, and then they pulled the plug on it and said, you know, this just isn't what we're going to do. Uh, okay, so I, I worked in the, I was a delivery boy, and I did this and that for a while, and, you know, had another kid, and um, actually I had two kids when I did that, didn't I? I don't remember now. I'm trying to remember. Oh no, I did a yo-yo program the day my daughter was born. The day after she was, it was before, the day before and the day she was born, um, I was in the paper doing a yo-yo trick or something. I can't remember exactly how it worked out. Um, but anyway, so here I was, uh, excited about all this and I got a terrible case of pneumonia almost died double pneumonia and I was in the hospital and and after I I finally kind of recuperated it took me months to really get back to where I could even do anything again um man I didn't want to go back to doing the mundane stuff that I'd been doing and 
I mean, I just, I, was, I had two kids. I was middle-class America, and I was just like, wait a minute, there's, I want to do something unique. I, I'd wanted to do metaphysical stuff, and my mom would say, what are you going to do? Make money break with tarot cards and yo-yos? And I, you know, cringe, but of course, eventually, I did just that. <laughs> I did just that. So, <laughs> I've been doing it. So, what happened was, I met a guy named John Bradley through my local park and rec company. And um, and he said, you know, I heard about you, and I heard that you're good with the yo-yo. Um, John Bradley had worked with President Carter, President Jimmy Carter, in the White House at, in some capacity. And they had a picture of him and Carter up on the wall. He was a nice man. And he said, I'll tell you what, I want you to, I want to do a couple of things. We're going to do wellness festivals, wellness festivals, and we're, we're going to serve hot dogs, but they're like, low fat or chicken hot dogs or something and and we're going to teach about uh, being healthy and all of that thing and I would like you there as an entertainer would you do that I said why of course sure I would and he said all right then you have to have a name and I said well my name's Mo and he said you are now Mighty Mo the Yo-Yo Pro no he said Mighty Mo Mighty Mo, and I get you know Mighty Mo's a battleship, right? And I'm thinking, oh man, I don't like. And so I said, how about Mighty Mo the Yo-Yo Pro? And he said, okay, that's that's pretty good. So I I was born thusly, and he said, by the way, do you know how to do balloon animals? I said, no. He said, I've always liked them, so get a get a book and learn how to do balloon animals, and I did, and so I would hang out at these festivals these wellness festivals on Saturday mornings in really beautiful, beautiful places. Uh, the first one we did, well, actually, the one we did the most of was at Columbine Park, um, right next to Columbine High School. Uh, I, I don't think it was called that, but it, that's where it was. And um, so I'd be out there twisting balloons all day. Oh, my God, that just got so tedious, you know. And I, I had a pump because I didn't have the, after the pneumonia, just didn't, couldn't, you know, put those things, whoop, 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 whoop. Um, and I did a yo-yo show. Well, there was a guy there who was a um, member of, he was the leader of a band, and his name was Barry, Barry Ebert. Barry's still around today. He is one of the coolest, sweetest men I've ever met. Ever, 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 ever. Always a smile on his face. Always a little comment here and there that you just think, God, this guy's really <laughs> paying attention. And just as sweet as can be. And, uh, I think our kids were about the same age, you know. And he, they played. They played kids' songs, essentially. And, um, you know, we would, I'd play with the yo-yos, and, and he'd do a song. And then one day he said, uh, I wrote a song about you. I said, what? He said, yeah, I'm not going to play. I'm going to let you hear it. It's going to be on our album, next album. I said, really? So one day he hands me this tape, Barry and the Rainbows, you know. And, um, Wow. So I said, okay, I got my car. I had just done something. I think it was an umpire at the time. And I was, and I put the tape in the car and I'm driving down the street and the song is, the, the rest songs are playing. And, and suddenly here comes a place in the heart, his name, if you want to, of the, the, I suggest it if you have kids, especially. And, um, and suddenly here comes this song about me. And it was, it blew me away. I'm going to play it at the end of this podcast so you can hear it. This is not a, you know, uh, slide whistle, pratfall song. This is a very serious song. And I pulled over to the side of the road because my eyes were filled with tears and I wept. Now that sounds crazy, but I thought, wow, 
someone wrote a song about me. It's called Mighty Mo the Yo-Yo Pro. And uh, he still performs it today, and he says it's a, it's a real popular show amongst ne'er-do-wells and hippies, which I love. <laughs> you know, it's a popular song. But uh, what we would do is that he would play the song and I would do tricks. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, eventually, I was gotten in touch with by um, the new Donald Duncan Enterprise, Donald Duncan Jr., one of the sweetest men I've ever met. Nice, 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 nice. And he had gotten together with Dale Oliver, the guy who put together the other things, and said, look, let's, let's bring everyone to Tucson, put them up in a hotel, and talk about this new yo-yo strategy in schools. And so I got in my, um, my uh, station wagon. I had a, a used Chrysler K car, you know, Woody, we called it, and uh, drove to Tucson, driving south on I-25. I started out in the evening, and it was dark. And the, the Leonid uh, meteorites were, were going just like crazy, the meteors, meteor shower. And I was here I am driving south on I-25 in the middle of nowhere. And the stars are just like crazy. And sud- and these meteors are just zoom, 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 zoom. And suddenly the song Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash came up. One of the most amazing moments of my life. Really tremendous. Really magnificent. I stayed with a friend um, overnight. Got on the, the road and headed... Uh, Headed to Tucson. It was fun. It was interesting. And it was a program where you went into schools and you did these free things. And, and you know, and it was commercial. And then you were going to sell yo-yos to kids. And I did that a couple of times. And I said, I don't like that. God bless those who did it. And, and it was fine for them. They did really well, I guess. But I would go into schools where there were um, kids who couldn't afford them. And so I kind of give a lot away, you know, and I pay for them. And um, I just couldn't stand to see because I know how I would have felt, you know, whatever. Um, along the way, so I, I I did a couple of those, I think two or three, and they were hard work. Oh my god! And kids are dirty, you know, their hands are just like, oh my god, you know. I did one in uh, I think in Boulder, and I did a couple in the Denver, but it went up to Greeley, and and you know, fascinating time. And the, the working with the kids was worthwhile, but it was, I always came back sick because kids, you know, oh my God, they're germy. <laughs> but that's okay. That's all right. Along the way, one night I was, I was booked to do a, uh, an after prom party. Oh, how much fun was that going to be for the kids? And we've got a yo-yo man. I used to wear these wild pants. These pants were outrageous. They had been part of a three-piece suit that a, that a, a hippie lawyer had owned in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And when my parents' house, they were in an apartment, the apartment burned down, they had, he gave them clothing. They actually took them into, into his house, and they had a guest house, and they lived there for a while. Nice people. They're still friends of the family today. Um, but I was given these pants eventually because no one in my family could, could wear them in public without cringing. And he was a big man, so they fit me, but they're just the type of thing where people go, oh, my God. And I wore uh, rainbow suspenders and a propeller hat, beanie propeller hat, right? Interestingly enough, um, I got it in Disneyland, and they had different sizes. So the smallest size had a little bird on it, and the next size had, you know, like a dog on it. And the largest size hat had a pig on it, a little, little plastic pig. And I thought, well, isn't that sweet? 
but I wore that. And when the wind would blow, it would spin like crazy. And I was doing yo-yo tricks and I loved it. I really loved what I was doing. So I went to this after prom party and thought, oh, this is going to be a real snooze fest. And then this kid walks up to me and he's wearing um, a cat in a hat top hat, you know, the cat in the hat hat. And I thought, oh, well, he's kind of an interesting character. And his name was John Higby. And John and I, and he had a few friends with him, also had yo-yos, and he wanted to see tricks and to learn tricks. And I taught him what I could. Um, and today, John Higby is one of the most famous yo-yo players in the world. Look him up, John Higby, H-I-G-B-Y. He is a remarkably nice man. Um, now he's got a family with kids and I, you know, I met him. He was just a kid. I mean, just really quite fascinating, but he's worked all over the world. He's traveled all over the world doing yo-yoing. He was on David Letterman. I saw him on Letterman and I went, Oh God, there's John. He was on America's Got Talent or something like that. And I saw him, I said, Oh, there's John. And I always feel this real sense of pride. Not that I had anything to do with his success, but man, I knew this kid, you know, and I really like him. I just heard from him recently. So um, he's going to be in town sometime. I hope to get to see him. That would be fun. The last time I was uh, asked, uh, saw John, I was asked to be a, a uh, judge at the local, local uh, Rocky Mountain Yo-Yo contest or whatever. And I didn't perform, and that kind of made him mad. And the reason I didn't perform is because, well, let me tell you. So one day, my demo put up, just put away his strings. You know, um, I was a Freemason. And so they had this big dinner at this lodge that I attended up in the mountains and uh, which was my home lodge. Um, long story, some other time. And and after this dinner, which was really kind of magnificent with, you know, ribs and prime rib and all this, someone said, well, Mo needs to sing for his supper. And what they meant by that was they wanted a yo-yo show. Now, if they had just said, Mo, would you perform for us? But there was something about the tone, something about the words used that I just said, God, I don't, wow, is this how I'm viewed? And it just hit me wrong. And I did a show that night. This was a place that has old gas lights in it still. And I almost hit them doing some tricks, but I was careful. I could do the gasps. I actually worked on stage once, um, Wow, an amazing experience. Um, it was a great show. It was, I knew a lot of magicians, a lot of jugglers from doing the work that I did. Nice people, too. You know, not all of them, I'll be honest, but most of them. And I was asked to uh, take part in this big uh, big show they had. And so I'm, I'm standing in the spotlight, and um, I'm about to do Around the World three times in a row, which back in the day of just a regular yo-yo was kind of a big deal. And so I'm getting ready to do it. I have this aluminum yo-yo with laser discs in, in, in the inset there so they kind of catch the light. And I'm just winding up to do this trick, and I hear this gasp from the audience, this, <gasps> and I thought, what the heck? And I turn around and look around, and right behind me, right just like, you know, two or three feet in back of me, is a two-year-old girl. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh my God, if I had thrown this yo-yo, I would have really hurt her. Not a person said a thing. And I just turned around. I said, uh, <laughs> does, you know, uh, is there a parent in the house? Which everyone, ha ha ha. And they came up and they got their kid. And I thought, oh my God. But that was a moment. 
That, I've had lots of moments, but that was one of those moments. So after that, it wasn't insulting about the sing for your supper, but it struck me the wrong way. And I had been having some issues anyway with those people. Not those, they were nice people, just the whole thing. That I kind of quit. I said, okay, because I had done it kind of nonstop from the time I was about five years old. Um, and, and Mighty Mo's still around. I mean, he's not gone, uh, I guess. I, I haven't picked up a yo. Actually, I picked one up not so long ago, and I did okay, you know. I loved knowing all these jugglers and some of the best magicians in the country got to be my good friends. Uh, we had a lot here in the Denver metro area, which is where I live. I did. I was on TV. I was on. Uh, I did a couple of pilot shows for kids. Um, <laughs> one that was just amazingly funny. It was a hoot. I really shouldn't talk about it. Uh, it kind of needs its own buildup. But it was one of the strangest things I've ever done. Um, with a clown who I suspect may have um, taken some time to, um, you know, visit the bottle before he did the show. Um, maybe not. I can't believe anything. But, but, kind of had a thought that maybe that was the case. So, for quite a while, I'm not even sure how long, Eight, nine, I mean, it's got to be almost 20 years I was Mighty Mo the Yo-Yo Pro. And um, I suppose somewhere I still am. It was fun doing tricks. Remember I was talking about the different names. Um, there was the trick called Skin the Cat. They changed to the Tidal Wave. And uh, the Atom Bomb, they changed to Splitting the Atom. Um, Shoot the Moon was called Reach for the Moon. They just changed all these names to be less... You know, loop the loop. Well, no one knew what a loop the loop was in the 80s or the 90s. Uh, you know, it was the old amusement park gadget. They changed to uh, uh, orbits or something like that. Around the world, they left alone. Uh, Rock the baby in the cradle. That was the same. And um, you know what? I got... Uh, so an old friend of mine said, Hey, I'm going to be uh, doing a, a performance. You want to come see me? And I said, Sure. I had a good tight performance. I really did. It was it was good. It was strong. And I, I went and saw him to see his performance and watched in absolute amazement as he did my act. And I mean almost word for word. Um, and afterwards, all he could say was, well, um, the best type of compliment is flattery. No, what is it? Uh, imitation is the best part of flattery or whatever that was. And I thought, oh, well, that wasn't the only time I was ever <sighs> plagiarized or ripped off from. But it, but it, I was disappointed in that. I really was. It was kind of a bummer uh, that that was the case, you know. Uh, but, yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do uh, when you when you have that sort of situation? Um, you just kind of hang in there. You meet all sorts of types of people in the world, don't you? But I was having a good time for the most part, but... At a certain point, you just kind of say, okay, here's, you know, here's another thing that really ruined it for me. And, and this is, this is kind of, um, I was asked to work for the D.A.R.E. program to do yo-yo tricks. And, and I worked up an entire thing. Uh, Dale had worked up a thing called the science of spin, which is a fascinating concept. And I would take a gyroscope and, and a Diabolo, not a devil, but a Diabolo meaning from hand to hand. 
Um, it's a juggling implement and yo-yos. And I would do a whole thing about spin and gyroscopes and, and you know, don't do drugs, kids. You know, only dopes do dope, that sort of thing. Um, and the kids loved it. And then one day I hear this thing. It's like, well, we really feel that uh, there's a problem. Um, where were you on August 9th? And I said, what? Where were you on August 9th? And I looked in my little... I had this gadget, and I looked in the gadget, and it said August 9th I was at a library in Denver doing a program. Because um, I used to do origami and teach cartooning and all sorts of things, right? Um, yeah, I loved it. So, well, weren't you at the Jefferson County Fair? And I said, no. Have you ever, I said, I've never been to the Jefferson County Fair. What, what's, what's up? And this policeman, very nice fellow, he said, well, you've been accused of uh, being on the pro-marijuana ticket and giving out yo-yos there. Now, here's the deal. I had long hair at the time, which I, which I had tied back. Um, I said, this is not correct. Because suddenly I wasn't getting any gigs. People weren't calling me, whereas they had been, you know, oh, we like you so much, they stopped. And so I said, oh, my God, this is really terrible. Why are they doing this to me? And what it had been, finally, this policeman did his due diligence and did an investigation because some guy had told a lady who had great influence that I would, I was there. The yo-yo guy was there, uh, pro-marijuana, which at the time was back in the, in the 80s or in the 90s, early 90s. So, of course, that was you know, like, oh, no. And, uh, and I hadn't done anything, anything like that in years. Ever since my kids were born, I hadn't touched a, a, a thing. Um, so he went back and he did the, the investigation. And it turned out that this guy had seen a clean-shaven fellow with a ponytail handing out yo-yos that said, you know, pro-cannabis for, you know, so-and-so so for sheriff. wasn't me, but that someone, he, he, he assumed it was me for some reason. Uh, you know, I don't know the bottom line, but finally... So I was treated rottenly. Um, I was about to get into my area, Aurora, Colorado, and, and they, it was all set. They were going to have me do a, a few programs, see how they went, and they just cut me out. And I thought, man, is this worth suing over? And I thought, oh, no, God, no, this is a terrible thing. Uh, but even after they discovered that I was not the guy, they were still really nasty to me, and I couldn't figure out why. So I said to myself, you know what, enough. If this is the, I'm trying to entertain kids. I'm having a good time. I'm trying to make a buck on, on, on while doing it. But if it's going to be this weird because of my ethnicity or because of my hair or whatever it may be, they took the fun out of it for me. I think that and the, the thing that happened in the lodge and, you know, I had a back injury. I mean, you just put it all together and eventually you say, hmm. I was written up in the uh, AMA of some sort of thing because of my wrist injury. I went, had to go to a hospital and, you know, cause I couldn't even move my hand without agony. And the guy said, wow, you've got washerwoman's disease. Haven't seen a case of this in 60 years. He said, I'll tell you what, we'll take care of you if you let us write you up. And I said, Oh sure. They took care of me. I guess I was written up. Um, but when you finally kind of ended, I said, that's it. You know, that's it. I, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Um, I think it had kind of taken its its turn, whatever, right? But I sure had fun doing it. And uh, 
it, I, I got to work for the Hormel company, makers of Spam, um, where I was uh, hawking uh, not-so-sloppy Sloppy Joe's sauce, uh, one in downtown Detroit, which was, of course, the wrong place to try and promote an upper, um, you know, more expensive Sloppy Joe's sauce because they, the demographic people, screwed up and put me right in the midst of one of the roughest towns, parts of town I've ever seen. Um, broke my heart, the things I saw there. Uh, this was back in the late 80s, and, and I had to, I mean, it was ridiculous how, was it late 80s? Maybe, yeah, uh, just remarkable. You know, they had uh, drive-by shooting drills, and I had to go through a metal detector. This was years and years before this became sort of a common thing. Ah, heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. So anyway, <laughs> I enjoyed it because I got to go to St. Louis and went up in the arch and, and I don't travel much, but I had some pretty good times doing this. And I learned a lot about people and human nature. But the most important thing was, was you know, being around the kids and their enthusiasm and, and really getting a feel for how I was that guy that I had admired so much as a kid. Huh. Who knows? Now I have grandkids, and um, my granddaughter just got a yo-yo. And my son said, you know, your your papa is Mighty Mo the Yo-Yo Pro. And it was this, ooh. <laughs> so I imagine I'll pull out a, a couple and, you know, show her a few tricks. I mean, how can I not? How could I not? Um, something I loved so much. Well, anyway, so that's the story of Mighty Mo the Yo-Yo Pro. And I think I've said about all I can say about it, but what I'd like to do is leave you with the song. I do have permission, rights by the author and the performer, Barry Ebert, to use this song in this podcast. Um, thank you, Barry. Thank you, John. Thank you, everyone who I met along the way on this wonderful journey. And so here it is. Uh, I think you're going to like this song. It's really pretty cool. Mighty Mo, the Yo-Yo Pro. Until next time, I wish you all peace and love. Bye-bye. I was making the scene at a summer fair Standing in the bright sunshine When up walks a man with a flying saucer On the end of a three-foot line And then he makes it do things that I never thought A yo-yo could ever do He made me believe it was a part of his hand before that show was through Cause he's a mighty mo Yo-yo pro See what he can do He's a mighty mo Yo-yo pro He's got some tricks for you As big as a bear In the deep, deep woods and gentle as a lamb And whether he's standing In the grocery line Or up on stage where the bright lights shine He's always got a trick for a friend He's the last of the yo-yo men. He's mighty mo, yo-yo pro. See what he can do. He's mighty mo, yo-yo pro. He got some tricks for you. He can walk the dog, go around the world, make the yo-yo sleep, snap it home in a blur. The atom bomb. He's always sure to please, and he always get a new and an eye.